This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. So here's the question. In an industry where the rules were written over a century ago and the world of business that we work in keeps changing, how do accountants like us grow our business and its people to their full potentials, stay agile and keep ahead of the game? How do we build scalable businesses, create working cultures no one wants to leave, win new clients, stop trading hours for dollars and establish ourselves as the client's central advisors? That's the question and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm on a mission to transform and modernize the accounting industry and help ambitious accountants like yourselves double your revenues, work less hours, and enjoy life even more. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. Today's episode is with Dan Beck, a fellow passionate partner and accountant from my local town of Toowoomba. Dan heads up PT2, the technology arm of an amazing firm, Power Tynan, here in Toowoomba in regional Queensland. And he, like me, is super passionate about the accounting industry and the professional services industry and accountants. So this is an episode about the two of us really, you know, getting down and having a robust conversation about where we think the industry is going and, and how we need to help and what can be done. Please be warned, it is a robust conversation, so adult language is used, and just um, either listen to it with headphones on, and really enjoy the episode. Thank you so much. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. Today, I am talking to someone who is an In Demand Accountant, but in a way that is very non-traditional. So I am absolutely privileged to have, as I said in the intro, Dan Beck. We go a long way back. We didn't actually know each other, but we were both have been partners in very traditional firms, actually who sit opposite the road from each other in the largest regional city. And we do take that in Toowoomba. We're both still from Toowoomba and we're both uh, traditional, we're traditional partners in the traditional businesses. And we've now both established very non-traditional accounting practices as well, because we're both still practicing accountants Well, I am. I assume, Dan, you are as well. And we're both very, very passionate about improving lives in the accounting industry and specifically for accountants. And we go through it in very different ways. Myself through uh, changing mindset, behaviour around what we do every day and in the business models and Dan in technology. So hi, Dan, and welcome. Can you just give us a quick rundown of your story for the um, listeners who don't know you? And I know a lot of people do, but... Give us a quick summary of how you got here. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Sam. Great introduction, by the way. Um, So, Dan Beck, so I run a a technology-focused business called PT 2.0, which is solely aimed squarely at the accounting industry uh, and how we can deal with technology uh, in today's modern practice. And we're not just talking about how technology works, but how data, how it drives behavior, uh, how it works in with other systems and processes to deliver value for accounting firms. So the business itself is uh, is a few years old, so it's, it's very much in growth phase. Uh, we work with accountants across Australia and New Zealand 
and you know, love what we do uh, because it enables uh, enables firms to move to the next level. Yeah. And I think this is where you know when we start talking about this kind of stuff, it gets really exciting. Is because um, a lot of the firms that you know are listening to this are actually already poised to take that next step. It's mm-hmm. just how do we actually do it? Um, and that's what we try to help firms do. Fantastic. I'm going to really drill down on that. And I loved how you said the drive behaviour because I think for so long we very much measured productivity, for instance, in our firms because literally that's the only one. But not what drives the behaviour to get to productivity. Productivity is still a very important thing in all firms, but, you know, the timesheet thing and all of that sort of stuff we're not going to get into today. But then how do we measure the behaviour that drives that? And it's challenging. And, right. and for me, you know, Dan and I have had lots of conversations over the last year or so and how we can we can even work together in this because for me it's like how do we measure our success? Yes, we can help firms increase efficiency by 20%, but that takes us 12 months to prove what drives that and how we can do it. We just don't have the technology to do it. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was actually interviewed someone who I worked with who's also in Toowoomba. So, people, Toowoomba is the centre of the universe. So, Troy Morgan, who's hitting the international stage in health and wellbeing and online technology, has a gym in Toowoomba as well. And both of us live and have our businesses in Toowoomba too. So, I'm sorry, everybody out there, but Toowoomba is the centre of the universe as well. And, in fact, Kieran Lowry, who I did the... Um, people thing too. It's also important now that I think about it. So we are the centre of the universe and it's, you know, when I was on Troy, you know, they've done a whole lot of work in it, but it's kind of not into our industry, even though we are, as accountants, all about measurement. So you, um, share me your thoughts on that and how else might be getting in the way of that. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a good, uh, good talking point because you're right. Look, History, um, if we look at it, we, we've always measured those tangible things, timesheets, uh, yeah, how many new clients we've got, what's the value of them. But we don't measure things like, well, how often are we communicating with clients? How much are we communicating internally? Yeah, how are we communicating across service lines and you know, teams and things like that? And what gets really interesting about this is that accountants are great and truly great at one thing, and that is collecting data, Okay. So we collect a whole mess of data about clients, about timesheets, about what we do. We even do narrations. We do descriptions about how we've helped clients, but we never actually use that to measure performance. We never look at that to then go and say, well, what behaviors? What are we reinforcing? What are we doing? Um, And there's an absolute goldmine that every accounting firm has around behavior. And not just their own team's behavior, but the behavior of their clients as well. So we start looking at different ways that you know, productivity is still amazingly important, but it's about the right people doing the right job at the right time. Um, and that's where we're seeing this process evolve is that rather than saying, hey, Joe is a level one accountant and you know, works on level one jobs, we're starting to get to the stage where firms that we work with start looking at, well, Joe is actually excellent at these three functions. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's actually set the work up for those people. So suddenly we start driving, rather than productivity, we start driving the types of work that they can do. And you know, there's been quite a few studies and that we've done that, that then show the right person in the right role, you know, 
is leading to dividends. So, you know, it's it's really exciting place for accountants to be. I don't think that most realise the value of what they sit on internally. Um, and I don't think that they realise that a lot of the stuff that they could find out about their teams and their clients, they've already got access to. They've already got the tools to do it all. It's just that mindset of growth of I want to learn more about my clients and I want to stop doing the old school measure productivity, you're good or you're bad based on what your productive percentage is. So yeah, we're on a precipice, we're on the tipping point where we're gonna see some extraordinary firms change how they deal with clients and their team members and just accelerate into the future. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, you're singing my tune and, and to be talking to someone who can actually measure that, because you know, obviously that's my, not my thing, but my thing is to drive the behavior and it is so important. Do that. And at the end of the day, we are, but if you can't measure it, it doesn't. So, um, you know, there's, and I just want to drill down on the data because so often you know, as an industry where, you know, a lot of people come in and say, oh, all the SMEs, like, you know, 90% of SMEs are somewhere on our database. And that's great. And, but we, we also know that we can then look at the behavior of those SMEs and stuff, but then drilling down on what the real value for our businesses. So let's forget SMEs, we're here to talk about accountants and accounting businesses, the data. So, you know, on you know, when we really get into the the full blown renovate and we're looking at making accountants more efficient, we grab all of the whips and we literally sit down and see the pickups and put downs. And what's super exciting is what I'm hearing, and I know we've had conversations about this, is you guys can actually then measure that without us actually having to sit there and do it manually, which just makes me very excited. But you've hit on two key points, two key bugbears that I've got in the industry that could be so easily solved. Okay, number one is dealing with WIP. Yes. Okay, and, you know, I'm going to take a step back and I'll explain why I have such a – I don't have an issue with WIP. I think that a WIP should be a guide, not a rule. We've done a, a lot of technology projects that have led to efficiencies in businesses. Now, when you've got efficiency, let's let's say that it's an efficiency that gives you a processing efficiency because suddenly you can collate more data more quickly. So what we find is these businesses, these firms collate the data, make their process more efficient, but they still measure their value to the client via their WIP. So suddenly, any efficiency that's been built in a firm is lost by the yep. firm. Yeah. Yes. So process improvement, yeah, I, I agree. In some areas, we are getting price pressure, but we've always had price pressure. It's not a new thing, but the efficiency that we get in processes, um, I think that a lot of that, there's a lot of investment that the firms put into redefining processes, getting people in there to help them make change processes. We've got to stop giving that away. We've got to stop that any efficiency that we derive, giving it straight to the client. I, I agree that there's got to be there's, there's a, a balance in here, but the number of firms that we go to that still will bill what is on WIP and not think about the investment that they've made into their process uh, is extraordinary, is yeah, absolutely like, extraordinary. And that's one of my things too, is that the WIP is at the information on the production and the efficiency of the job. That's it. Yep. It is not a costing, it is a costing system. It is not a pricing system. Correct. It's not a really system it's what the value to the client is how we sell it is all of that but this is like the whip gives us lots of juicy information about the efficiencies are being picked up put down is there other opportunities in that job Correct. like 
bits of data clean and the whole whip's about cleaning up data and asking clients, well, that might be an opportunity elsewhere. So I am so with you on this and it is a really important thing. And then, of course, we go to the extreme and go, well, we've got to get rid of all of that. And then we're getting rid of our fucking data. I just said that word. Correct. Um, we just got to get rid of all our data then. Right. Gloves are off now. Yeah, gloves are off. We still need to cost and we still need to have this information. You wouldn't go down to your a factory that builds tables and tell them to get rid of their costing system, but they quote up front. So um, this is such an important thing, everybody. We really need to think and shift our mindsets yeah. around that. And then you know, I actually did a podcast on pricing recently either. Don't worry about pricing. You can't sell or value it. Can't get it right. And it's right. So we get, you know, I know you've had more problems with this than we have, but we get the efficiency in and then right. they decrease the, the prices. Your prices should go up because now you've got more time. You're spending more time with your client. You're having yep. conversations. It's not about prices, about how you sell value. Right. But the Correct. data, gorgeous data that's in the whips and stuff, it's for your business and amazing. So let me, let me give you an example of with firms where we've taken that whip and then interrogated it. So with one firm, they were having an issue about people coding timesheets. Like it's it's a laborious process. It's got to be done for cost control. But what more important to me is from where, not where the time is coded, but what the description of the time is. So for this firm, we ran through and we did a bit of an analysis of their whip for the last 12 months. And what we did is we analyzed their timesheets for things like business sale, valuation, then we married that back to, well, was there a bit of advisory work that happened because of that? You know, where was that opportunity then missed or given away for yeah. next to nothing? Because it was just bundled up into the whip. Because the problem with the whip is we look at the whip and say we do make a, a saving. We look, we compare it to last year's fee and we don't tend to look inside it. Well, sorry, that's, that's not correct. We do tend yeah. to look inside it, but we're human and we're fallible. And we miss timesheet entries. If you've got hundreds of timesheet entries, you're not reading each individual one. So there's all of this opportunity that sits in there that unless someone is spending a lot of time, and I'm all about automation, let's get rid of the time element out of this, um, yeah. but there's opportunity sitting in your database that either one you never capitalised on or number two you never build for. And that is so important, particularly as you get more experienced as well and you're literally giving stuff away because you know as we get a little bit older and i'm turning 50 very soon and i'm super excited about that we have knowledge in our head that can pop out of our mouth in 30 and a half seconds but it took us 30 years to get it i mean the first person we would have done it probably be charged two or three thousand dollars because it took us that long to put it all together particularly in the advisory area when you're actually dealing with experience-based stuff we have to do it. We are fast and we're furious and we're busy. So that kind of just leaks out. So, you know, being able to then to go back and reflect and to have a system that would actually do it for you rather than actually having to sit and go through whips just makes me very excited. And then have a contemplation because then you'll be more mindful of it later on. So even if you've done it, that's okay. We're, we all do it. But I still do it even though I have a whole training program around it. But it now makes you mindful. So next time it Correct. starts coming out of your mouth, you can stop and say, hey, that's actually a very complex issue. I think we should have a separate conversation about it. And then suddenly you, you, the clients stop and say, oh, maybe this is important. And then you're, you're setting yourself up to be then able to go and pitch something else. 
So the information that Dan's talking about is going to give us this information to reflect and then we learn from that because we've actually got to stop it while it's happening, but we won't do that unless we have that reflection. And, and this is what we're talking about here. Such powerful stuff, such a great, I think, reframe because, guys, we are amazing. Accountants are amazing on what they do, the knowledge and everything. Don't let anyone else tell you that any different. Um, and we're both here and we want you guys actually being rewarded for that and your clients actually knowing about it too. Such an interesting reframe on WIP. Wasn't where I thought, thought this conversation was going, but it's so important because this is our fundamental stuff. You've got to get in and renovate what we already do because what we already do is great. It just needs renovation. And look, over time, look, some of my history is, you know, I've been analysing businesses for 15 plus years now. And where the issue is, is that nowadays what we used to pay millions of dollars for, the cost of now is you measure it in tens of dollars. And so the value is now shifting. The value is shifting down to everyone being able to analyze things in real time for little to no cost. Okay, But if we don't get our pricing right, if we don't get our value right, and there's some technology platforms out there that allow accountants um, to service their clients in an advisory capacity for next to no money, like stupidly cheap, if we don't value the, the information, as you just said, you know, we charge for the five minutes, not the 30 years experience, yeah. and we've got to start charging for what the value of that is or else we're going to race to zero we're all going to fight each other to um to charge a client nothing and i don't think that um i think that there's a lot of value that comes out of conversation and, and probably one of my big things is is for the love of everything is technology is just a tool it is Hallelujah, something that means, oh, <laughs> i make my money out of technology um and technology advisory but at the end of the day the world's greatest dashboard means nothing if you don't use it to help your client build their business, if you don't help that dashboard to help build your own firm, if you don't use that data in an improvement program. It is just a tool. And yeah, that's where a lot in the last probably five years things have got derailed as we see some of these truly fantastic technologies come out. Firms try it, but it's not implemented well. So therefore, it never gets used, and then it gets tarred by a brush. Whereas, you know, sitting back, getting the mindset right, getting your thought process behind why it's being implemented, is eighty percent of the battle. The tool itself is just a tool. I've lived that. Like I literally, you know, back in the day, in some years ago, when I started shifting across from tax, you know, put profit optimizer in, thought, oh, now I'm an advisor. What yeah. a crock. No, I was not yeah. an advisor. And the tool was great. It, honestly, I loved it. I still love it. I still think it's the best three by three and all of that sort of stuff. And a lot of these dashboard stuff that you see now, and they are fantastic. And news, they're going to make you more efficient at having conversations. But Correct. what it is people want is somebody, a human, to Correct. sit and have a conversation and spend some time, particularly business owners, Honestly, business owners know their businesses better than anybody. And, you know, even when I'm working with accountants who we don't have all of the functions in our in a normal business, like business development and stuff, you still know and it's our job is to get it out and make it make it reflective. Where the power is this zero for dollar end game that we're talking about, that you were talking about with technology, you know, just because something takes that long, people want conversation. We are going Correct. into human connection 
So we've got to spend time with that. And then we have to use the technology. We have to drive people-centric businesses that are leveraged and scaled with technology. You have, it has, it's, a, it's a joint piece, but the most important piece is if you've got all the, no one, this automation stuff, people don't need businesses for that. They can already do it online. What they want is humans and accountants. We sit so pretty in this and we are good conversationalists. People are telling us we're not. Yes, we need to do some renovation on it. We need to do this, some training on it, 100%. but we can do it. The reason we're not is because we've spent so much time in compliance because of all the legislation changes and stuff, we kind of lost that skill. It's there and, and, and we, know our, we know our shit. So we need to get out and do it. So it's good. So technology, it's super important, but it's just, to me, it's the last piece. And that's I the enabler? Yeah, that's it. Enabler. You know, we use technology to the cows come home here, but it's quite simple. And I think <laughs> the thing, and I know you guys do this, um, so there's two things I want to tweak on that one, you know, that you were talking about there, is actually when you think about technology and thinking about what you actually want from it. So what you want from technology and how you're going to get there as opposed to this is really cool. I saw it at, um, you know, Expo or whatever. Yep. I want to use it because I like it. And I was a very big one for that later on. I'm not allowed to buy any technology in my business now. <laughs> Esther does all of that. Like, get away. I don't give a yep. shit if you like it. What is it going to do and does it fill in our plans? So can you Correct. just, what do you see on a day-to-day -day basis because you're spending a lot more time with clients? Accountants, <laughs> sorry, yeah, so it's a conversation last week with a, um, a fantastic firm over in Perth and we were talking about doing Power BI reporting for their clients, like how we roll it out, how we do it. And they're like, oh, do we use a Fathom? Do we use a Spotlight? Do we do a Power BI? And I said, guys, you're talking about the technology. You're not talking about what you're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, there it needs to be the same way you've got a business strategy there needs to be a technology and data strategy that is just as detailed especially if you're delivering advisory services because hey we can put in a cool piece of technology and on all the ones i mentioned power bi fathom spotlight they're all fantastic yeah, they're yeah. all great easy to use and get results they only get results if there's a strategy behind it so you know sitting down with this firm it was like okay well actually let's go and build a technology strategy around what you're going to do for it so yeah where do you want to grow what do you want to do with the business who are you trying to target yeah why do you think that a dashboard is going to make a difference yeah because i can tell you hand over fist a good conversation beats a good dashboard every day of the week so you know use it like one of my biggest biggest bugbears is people having a dashboard that is not surrounded by a regular advisory meeting because it just becomes numbers on a page right so correct correct um so but if you start having a look and you know you see okay my my debtors are x number of days right you go okay i look at that number enough it, it fluctuates by a day or two here and there where the conversation then becomes is well why are those debtors there? What's the behavior behind not collection? What's the behavior behind workflow? What's the behavior behind this? Like you touched on it before, workflow. The biggest impediment to a fast, efficient workflow is pick up and put down. You know, most yeah. firms don't realize is that they could detect that in real time with the data they're already collecting. It's just reimagining it. So, you know, 
data and technology strategy, it, and this is in, for internal reporting as well, is paramount. Don't don't implement technology without strategy. Don't implement technology without an ROI. Yeah, and I've always said if you're not doing something in Excel as far as cash flow or something goes, don't worry about putting anything else in. Just go and do you know three or four clients on that. Correct. And if Get you're the if process you're right. It's already on Excel and we all have Excel. It's free. Well, it's not free, but it's there. And then you can say, oh, well, maybe I can make myself more efficient using some of those fabulous tools that you um, mentioned before. It's interesting because the dashboard things for us in our business, the only dashboard number I see is how many new calls I make a week. That's it because I know that yep. those numbers drive that. Estacy's different ones when we're working right. with other people. You know, when we're working with clients, the dashboards in Microsoft Teams yep. in Planner, you know, how far away are you on the questions? I mean, it's very unsophisticated, yep. but it, it's still, it's there and it's seen, and it's seen in things that we look at every day, not Correct. very but you, somewhere. But you, it's actually on. hit on one of the major points is that the data is relevant to the person who's consuming it. You know, yes. it is not just data there for data sake and you know one of the big things that we talk to accounting firms in is the difference between reporting and analytics so reporting Ooh. is Same getting way. a whole heap of information and data that's presented to you so think of it as a trial balance you've still got to go through that trial balance and find why it's out you know it doesn't tell you anything you've still got to use your uh, cognitive abilities to find the discrepancies analytics takes it to the next stage and says well What's the information that you need now and only tell it to me when it's not on course? So stop worrying about how many conversions you've got because the only thing you can control is the number of calls. Yes. So go go and look at your but number of calls. My friends, people, that is gold. And so often we look at things and we give reports to clients and we do obviously give reports to clients every time when we do a P&L balance sheet or a tax return. But the analytics behind it is where our magic will be in the future. And that was beautiful the way you actually said the difference. And, and I had aha there myself because I know fundamentally exactly what you said. But then to have it, you've just got to think the reframe on it because so often we're going, oh, we need the reports, we need the reports because we're an output driven, we've trained that. But it's an analytics. And then how do you do analytics? And then you need to get people to understand the analytics and you need Correct. to actually connect it to them. Correct. But um, here's the secret source. Accountants are born analysts. We've been trained to be reporters, but we're born analysts. We go looking for what's not right and why. All we need to do is change that frame of reference to now go and say, you know what, now that I don't care about all the stuff that's in track, let's actually devise strategies for clients of what's not on track. So now it changes the conversation from being here's where you're at to here's where you're going to be. It is just that fundamental switch um, that we need to. And, you know, let's face it, a lot of the stuff that we deal with with clients is in the past. Moving to this mindset means that you're dealing with stuff into the future. And oh, I just I love this stuff because I can see it's going to change the industry in the next five years. Everyone is going to fundamentally shift how they look at information. And the firms that are on the front foot now and starting to look at this will be so well positioned with their teams. And it's so simple. First of all, I want to quote there, okay, Dan Beck, classic. We are born. Analysts, yeah. 
we are born with analytical skills and we're born like that, but we are trained to report. Correct. So we need to give back to our natural state and, and that's what we work on. That was beautifully. I'm going to get it a lot better in the show notes, clearly, <laughs> but sometimes um, that word and I don't get on very well as you just picked up. That was gold, Dan. Thank you. I just want to drill down on one final thing. I mean, honestly, guys, we're going to have to have a repeat because there was so much gold all the way through that that needs further further exploration. But I think the one thing that for me is always being a big thing and why we haven't actually, why we're still talking five years' time for that shift, and that's the data. And there's two datas I'm talking about there. It's the ones we have in our business, which I think is actually quite good data. We're just not realising the gold of it and we've spoken about that. But the second one is our clients' data, spending time rather than I have had two or three examples in the last week alone of the desktop mindset. And what I mean by that is that we still go, I'm going to fix the client, either transfer it from zero blue or something like that. I don't like to name things, but zero blue into, say, AE or the, the mass, I'm going to show my age, mass. I'm going to make all the changes there. I'm going to do a journal entry back. First of all, that's double entry. We should only be doing that with debit and credit. Second of all, what that doesn't do is allows us to train the client how to fix the data because if we want to get to what Dan was talking about, we need the zero blue data to be financial statement up to date, all the time data. We need to teach the clients that. Can we talk about that because I think that's our biggest blockbear at the moment is there's a whole lot of small to medium businesses out there with shitty, shitty data that we can't do quick stuff for, we can't do future analysis with because we're, we're still in some ways desktop mindsetting fixes, but we don't train them how to fix it or train the data. Yeah, and look, I think, Sam, you're dead right. The value is in correct data. So you can have all the data in the world, but if the data, I call it dirty, others call it garbage, you know, good old garbage in, garbage out. It's such a fundamental um, shift in the way that we need to operate. By having it correct at the source means that the information can be picked up in real time. Okay. Yeah. If we've got to get the information, say, out of a, a ledger, whether it's a mass, an XPA ledger or whatever it is, we've got number one, we've got a time gap. Number two, it's in a completely different format, which means we've now got to do another translation when we talk to the client. It's just inefficiency after inefficiency after inefficiency. But the benefit of it is that we're always sure that ours is right and we, we won't ruffle any feathers and, and things like that. But on the flip side, the time and the accuracy and the ability to do things in real time, like quite literally, we're working with clients to access their data on a daily basis that they can rely on to make decisions. Okay. Yeah, and they do make decisions on a daily basis, even if the data's crap. So could we help Correct. them maybe get non-crap? Correct. And I think that this time, this time gap, is what we really, really need to think about. Cool. If you want to present data in out of your own ledger, fine. But let's close that gap between when information is reviewed, accessed, and made consistent in client files. Because at the end of the day, in however long it takes for a practice, we're going to have less and less reliance on that. And we need the clients to be right. We need the files to be right to mine the data, to get the intelligence, to change the behaviour. Yeah. And also, you know, and some of the debates we have is like, well, you know, and sometimes 50% of the fee is the cleanup every year. And it's yeah. like, well, why don't we make it 
So then it's about messaging and saying, well, we're not, what we're going to do is we're going to do this program over here with you about cleaning up and educating so you can rely on it and find out what's important. That's a whole, a whole program that we do, but it's, it's a whole different conversation. But it, it's then the fear that we have of, well, then I'm going to miss that next year. But then it's again what we were talking about right at the beginning around the efficiency piece. We don't drop our prices um, because we're still actually giving the same value. We are still getting the tax right. We are just doing it more efficiently and that doesn't mean our price change. So let me put it this way. What if, so for everyone who's listening, what if you could go into, let's call it platform Y, and you could see every single client listed down and then the five key drivers for that client listed in a grid mm-hmm. and you could know on a daily basis whether they have got a debtors issue, they've got an interest cover issue, they've got one of 10,000 different things and you could be able to pick up to the phone call, you could scan down that list every day and say that client's having trouble. Only way we get there, only way we get to that point is that we've got all the data in a consistent up-to-date clean state and to tell you the truth we're not far away from being able to do that with clients who are keeping the information in the right systems and and clean you know you'll be able to pick up that is really here i've seen that correct i've seen clients that are 100 zero who train their clients now these are set up from scratch firms but they basically only deal with clean and they you cannot work with these people unless you do their three month intro and so they're only looking for certain size. So that technology—that's all here. That's all. Um, we just—we can't do it it's on a mass. It's that mindset. Yeah, it's the mindset. Oh, it's the mindset. I love it. <laughs> it's and, it's, you know, it's the talking about that. For I can say that I first heard that concept of dashboard. Are we 21? It was back 2005. So. Um, it's even longer than 15 years. And people going, oh, that's the way of the future. And we're still fucking talking about it because of the the state of the data now. We didn't, Correct. I don't think we had technology before. Zero wasn't even on the show at that stage. But, and, you know, sort of the online platforms weren't. But the data now, and our clients want this from us, and it makes us more efficient. It is a mindset. We are going to get uncomfortable. It's but win, win, win. It's win, 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 win. And it's just getting over that mindset and that hamster wheel that we're in, if you like. Yep. And um, we can do it, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you are set for it because you're already, you know, listening, exploring, getting curious and doing all that sort of stuff and you're going to leave the others and then you're going to pick other clients up because I can tell you clients want this. My whole business is completely digitalized. We don't even see the tax. We can almost do the tax return now. I don't do it, clearly. (laughs) But someone, my accountant does it, my tax accountant does it. But, you know, the only time we touch data is when I do something silly. So, um, mm. you know, the other guys have it all under control. This, I wouldn't say that if I hadn't proved it myself, but it, it's there and we need to go it. And this will be, we will be able to go forward and still be the central advisor. It's so... Um, this doesn't remove relationship. It just gives efficiency and insight. And that's, that's right. why I say... For relationships. Relationships take time. You've got to Correct. develop them. You've got to have conversation. You've got to go and chew the fat. You've got to go and do all that sort of stuff. You've got to know what drives your clients. And that's all chargeable. It's all, it's not chargeable, but it's all in part of the packages or whatever it is. 
Correct. Because um, technology is going to keep going. At it. Look, in the last five years, it's been progressing at a massive rate. It's going to get faster. We're going to have other technologies, you know, AI, machine learning, quantum computing. We're on an acceleration phase, right? So eventually, the analysis will be done automatically. Mm-hmm. But someone still needs to consume and convey that information. So that's where to me is the big training on people isn't necessarily on how to better use the technology. It's how to have better conversations using technology. And that's where if we can get accountants, the born analysts to do that change, it's amazing. We will. That's what my mission in life for fantastic conversations that we have because you know what? Accountants can have amazing conversations and we can be great conversationalists. We've just got to shift our mindset into that growth one, which you mentioned been talking about that as well and I am just inspired because and here it is guys is there is accountants out there now helping accountants all we do every day is get up and make want to make your lives better because we've made our lives better like there was 10 years ago was I was very much in that hamster wheel and you know buy the new technology and do whatever in a, in a firm and stuff we know how to change it and we, we want to help you do it so Dan, can you just run down for me where people can get in contact with you? Um, uh, yep. conversation. Certainly. So probably the easiest way is to check out our website, uh, so pt20.com.au or hit me up at db at pt20.com.au and, or search for us on LinkedIn. Uh, we try and put some information up there on a regular basis. Uh, we're here to help accountants leverage and be their best. Get in contact anytime, even just for a chat. And look, Sam, I think that we need to do a few more of these as well. I think so too. And, I, you know, I love talking to accountants and we're both accountants. And remember, people, the definition of accountants isn't actually tax or anything like that. It's actually to keep people accountable. So Dan does it through, I do it through behaviour and, and um, Dan does it through technology. And both of these things are going to take us into the next 2025. 20, First of all, we've got to into 25. First of all, we've got to find some time and space. You actually need more time in your day and space in your day to think about these things, to do those strategic technology stuff. And you have to do it within the realms of still meeting your deadlines and stuff. And that's all doable, very doable. It just feels really uncomfortable. And sometimes it's just you know easier to go back and grind those days out. But we know how to help you. So thank you so much, Dan. We are going to continue this conversation, no question about it. And for everybody else, please continue the conversation and be brave. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sam Dean and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.